Hello, everybody. This is the In the Soil podcast, and I'm your host, John Lepp. This episode features some of the incredible artists that have multidisciplinary performances planned for In the Soil Arts Festival this year. On the phone with me now, I have Charlie Petch. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie. Thank you. Nice to be here in the podcast, which is kind of existential now. Hopefully not a crisis. No, no, nobody needs more of those. (laughs) (laughs) So from music to poetry slams to playwriting to running workshops and theatrical performances, you dip your toes into a lot of different mediums. Uh, So can you just tell us about your multidisciplinary approach to your various crafts? Uh, Well, I guess I acted before anything. I was mama bear in um, grade one. I wore an ape suit, though, so it was, I'm sure somehow this is like some sort of early transness. I'm not quite sure, you know, trying to be a, a you know, a bear, but actually being an ape. Um, but I really got into, uh, in high school, uh, well, there's no LGBT anything or, you know, 2SLGBTQPIA+, like we know now. So instead of having a queer place to go hang out, everybody went to the theater Um and so I started off doing whatever I could to be in the theater, uh, which started off with uh, lighting and follow spot. And then I just kept up theater whenever I could. I moved um, to, uh, I taught when I was still in high school to other high school kids. And then I, I went to Peterborough for university uh, and um, basically found a theater community there that really uh, liked what I was doing and, and felt like I could, you know, start writing plays. And so I wrote, I think I had 10 plays put on in Peterborough, Ontario. And then I came to Toronto, worked in film doing lighting for like eight years. Um, and then when I was done all that, I was hosting poetry events and found spoken word. And it was there, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's the, uh, monologue of my dreams like I don't have to write a whole show I just show up and do the three-minute monologue and get praised like that sounds amazing so I did that for a while and then um since then you know like you do a bunch of slams and you start thinking what else can I do with this art form and the whole time I'm you know also bringing starting to bring music into my sets and starting to think more theatrically and then I just started working on like spoken word theater so that's been uh, my main passion these days. And of course, when I bring that, I bring the knowledge of someone who's created theater for many years and uh, lighting and um, played a lot of music. So uh, now I've, I've got like, you know, the, the loop pedal instead of the band uh, and I can fit my shows in my suitcases uh, and um, I can control lighting and sound and everything by foot, because I've learned enough in my life to know how to do that. It's just incredible to have somebody who knows both sides of the craft, right? Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a musician myself, and I'm just kind of getting more in, in, a little bit into the tech stuff. And it's kind of been like this overwhelming world to, to enter into. But yeah, um, it's amazing when you have both perspectives when you're coming to an event, right? Like it's, it's super useful. Um, you play a, a unique instrument that I think a lot of people will be surprised yeah. to hear about. Uh, can you tell us about how you started playing the bow and the saw? Yeah, uh, so I was actually doing lighting for a um, dance piece. Uh, I was doing this whole festival and 
Um, one of the pieces had a, a dancer, a cellist, and a musical saw player. And as soon as I heard the musical saw, I was like, how, how do I keep hearing that all the time? Like, it just, it's so beautiful. I have like endless love for this instrument. And my roommate at the time, her grandpa used to play the musical saw. So she showed me, and this is before we had YouTube helps you do everything. Um, uh, and so she showed me how to hold it. And then I just uh, kept practicing. And then I ended up in this band that toured all over the country for 10 years playing the musical saw. So, yeah, and I'm doing like, because I'm using a loop pedal now, I'm getting to do all these like new and different things. Like I'm doing, uh, I've got this one piece that's like, I play the ukulele as well. So I play like some of Sleepwalk, you know, that song. And then I play the saw part over it. And it's like this weird poem about the environment that's actually like a clown piece. And so, yeah, you can just like do whatever the heck you want. Uh, you know, art doesn't need to be so formal. Well, In the Soils, really, really lucky to have you at the festival this year. Um, that was Charlie Petch. They will be performing at Mate Cafe on Friday, June 7th at 9 p.m. at In the Soil Arts Festival. You're not going to want to miss this multidisciplinary extravaganza. Thanks for being with us, Charlie. Thank you so much. This is great. Written in 1930s language, here is a snippet of Charlie Petch's Visions for Via a Total Tramp. Dear audience, my kittens, in my many, many years, I've learned one thing. Okay, maybe I've learned more, but right now I can only remember the one. I've learned that if you want to be seen as a respected business person, you have to change your name to Mel so that everybody thinks that you're a man. And I also learned, oh wow, that's two now. I've doubled it, Reginald, I've doubled it. I've learned that once they find out you're not a man, why, you will get called every name in the book. Because if you dare make money after the boys have come back home from war, you will forever be called whore, harlot, tramp. And now for a number about that, I bring you Canada's foremost Marlena Dietrich impersonator. Me, in the following piece. <clears throat> and now, visions. For why I am a total tramp. <clears throat> because I'm amazing. Because you called me that. Because, like most prostitutes, quiffs, and hookers, I too am a giving, empathetic, and generous person. Because propaganda is power! Because you calling me that is just another way of saying business-owning dame who refuses to be tame. Because men work hard for their money, but women are expected to give work away like charity, like a dessert tray. Because for a moment, when legs were bent, 
skin trampoline taut, your breath a skittering violin bow, your eyes became sky and sunshine spilled from your mouth, and you were happy, and then blamed me, Trump, because I'm full of joy, Trump, because I call myself Trump first, so that it could drown out all the vase who get that word so wrong. You see, Trump used to mean someone who lived on the lamb, jumped boxcars on trams, knew that wealth could be found without an inch of scratch, but living free, thy, that's as shunned as adultery. <laughs> Trump! Because you forgot my name. Trump! Because I didn't want to know your name. Trump! Because you threw everything else at me. Because bully and words say stay after bruises leave and you never wanted to leave me. Because powerful, boozy, burlesque bodies are shameless. Because you get paid more to wear less. Because in the pan dance. Because smoke and lights and straps and snaps and heckles. Why, they can also sound like claps. Trump? The Fetusin. Because maybe you think I owe you sex since I wrote this number. If I wrote about baking, would I owe you pie? But believe me, in this short human life, if you dare wrap yourself around mm, every joy to be had, taste peaches at too many fruit stands, part too many veils and too many legs, you too can be called tramp. And you know, when you give this much, people will take your name. But darlings, it just means good company. Because there is a beauty in how we tramps take care of others. And I, like other generous, free-willed, hard-working people, am called tramp. And if you've never been called that before, then you're probably not as nice as me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to introduce you to our next guest on the show, Kate the Spinning Wonder. Kate is an 18-year-old at Eden High School in St. Catharines who happens to be autistic. Since she was a young girl, she always loved to spin objects with her feet like pillows and baskets. After much practice, Kate has developed this skill into an inspirational performance for others to enjoy. So Kate, welcome to the In the Soil podcast and thank you for being here. Thank you. Your spinning is absolutely incredible. Thank you. And I'm, I'm so glad that I got to see you perform just before we did this yeah. uh, interview. And I've seen some of the amazing YouTube videos you've done. Thank you. How did you start spinning, Kate? At school, an occupational therapist suggested that we use a yoga ball, like not use a regular school chair, but use the ball to like for two reasons. 
one to sit in class and the other ball was the one of the yoga balls with the handle and then and then I would be excused every 30 minutes be for like to bounce the hot ball across the hallway about like three times and then go back to class after. So after a while I did that, I did, I started to bounce up both my feet when I really was doing it for like my self-stimming pleasure. And I didn't like to hop in the ball anymore, so I, so with me, I chose to spin the ball on my feet and then none of the school staff had no idea what the heck I was doing. <laughs> so, so what I did, I kept doing it, I kept doing it, I kept doing it until they said, Kate, you have talent. That you have potential. This you should show this to the school assembly. And I'm like, I do. I have a talent. So I'm like, and I'm like, okay, that's confusing. At first, I was like, that it, to me, it wasn't really a talent to me because it was just a little thing, stimmy thing that I did, and not realizing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. It's definitely a talent. It's amazing that you can do it. Yeah. I can barely bounce balance the ball on one hand. <laughs> you can do it with both feet and both hands. And I heard that sometimes you can do it with the fifth ball, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so your mother was just mentioning to me that um, you grew up... Um, uh, you know, struggling. You had you had a tumor at one point in your life. Can you can you tell us a little bit about those kinds of struggles and how you've overcome them? Uh, I had a brain tumor, which is called ganglioglioma, and it's it's one of those extremely rare brain tumors that like is like one of those tumors that it's impossible to get. But I'm one of those odd people that got it. So like I had seizures about twenty, yeah, seizures t- twenty times a day, throughout the whole twenty-four-seven hour day, and then it it was not, yeah, it was so uncomfortable. It was petite mal, and then on in July of two thousand and eight. I had the operation done at Sick Kids, and then they took my the tumor out, and then finally I realized that the tumor was gone. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm so happy that you're in good health and and you're so strong. You like you are an inspiration to the Niagara community. This is amazing what you do and what you've struggled through and. And it's amazing to see all the signatures on your yoga ball of, of your friends. Can, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about some of your friends that put their signatures on the ball? Uh, they were Globetrotters from the game on April 12th this year. And then I got the opportunity to sit with the Globetrotters bench. So like during the auto, after game, during the autograph and also the magic pass, both. And half and half so we I, we brought the ball to each player and also the coach too and they all signed it wow yeah. that's so cool yeah. and 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 so you got to you got to spin 
uh, Champ's ball and Champ tried to spin your yoga ball, but he couldn't spin it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's incredible. And and now you have a, a video up on Instagram that has over 100,000 views of what you do. Yeah. Like, that, that's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so cool. Um, how excited are you to perform it in the soil this year? I'm super pumped up. <laughs> I think we all are too. <laughs> like I'm gonna train my butt off yeah. and make it perfect for the audience. <laughs> That's yeah. so awesome. Well, uh, thank you, Kate, for being here on the In the Soil podcast. I recommend that you subscribe to Kate's YouTube channel and like her Facebook page. Uh, you can find both by searching for Kate the Spinning Wonder, and you can also look up hashtag Kate the Spinning Wonder. Uh, so make sure to see Kate and her incredible talents this year at In the Soil Arts Festival. Thank you for being here, Kate. Thank you for having me, too. Up next on the podcast, we'll be featuring an accomplished soloist on the boards and in the sheets. An all-American gal who's sweet as pie and sharp as nails, Pearl Harbor was born on Information Withheld, when America was still great. During the war, she served as a stewardess aboard top-secret bomber missions, including Information Withheld and even Information Withheld. So, welcome to the In the Soil podcast, Pearl. Oh, well, thank you so kindly for having me, dear John. Really happy to have you here. And uh, I, wanna, I just want to get into the nitty-gritty right away, if that's cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's clean our nails and get into it. So are the rumors true that you weren't actually a stewardess on those top-secret bomber missions? You were a secret agent. Excusez-moi? Listen, <laughs> I don't know exactly who you've been talking to, but uh, let's just say I've been around the block a few times and I've seen a couple uh, extreme instances of human tragedy here and there, and sure... Perhaps I've committed treason of some sort, but my heart is always in the right place. Oh, you committed treason. Do you carry a loaded gun on your flights? If you're referring to my wit, absolutely. I have nothing but uh, my uh, genius and genitals to declare. That's, that's all I, I say when I go through customs. And in the 1940s, did they have the Mile High Club? Well, no, but only because planes couldn't actually reach that altitude. So it was more like a three-quarter mile club. But uh, we, we got there in the end, you know. And it's just magnificent, the advances we've made in aviation since. What's, what's your mission in life? Oh, my mission in life is to reach as many people as I possibly can. Uh, I'm hoping to reach out into every audience and touch a few hearts and yank a few legs and yank a few other things here and there while I'm at it. <laughs> but really, that's what it is for me. It's communion. It's connection. You know, you go to a Pearl Harbor show and, and, and believe me, it is, a, it is an active experience. There's not much of a sitting back and watch kind of feeling. Here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. The one thing that you can say to ensure that no one will ever go see your show is audience interaction. But here's, I'll, I'll quote one of my uh, favorite people in the world, Taylor Mack, and say that um, most of the time when you have audience interaction, uh, it's uncomfortable and awful. But when I interact with my audience, 
I want you to feel uncomfortable. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's very deliberate. It's very conscious, you know, and uh, I will always keep you safe. But that's not the same thing as comfortable. So this episode features artists that are putting on multidisciplinary performances at the festival. Mm-hmm. How, how important is the multidisciplinary aspect to the Pearl Harbor show? Oh, I think it's integral. You know, I, I'm never someone who wants to be put in just one box. I'd like my fingers in as many boxes as possible. Um, <laughs> and the thing about the kind of uh, the kind of art, the kind of live theater, live art that I do, is that it's so present and in the room, in the moment, with these specific people that are there with me. And it changes because I, I think, frankly, if you've got a group of people there, you know, you may as well honor and respect them with the fact that their presence can change the outcome. You know, their presence can make it a tragedy or a comedy. I think that's really key. And I think through song and through the stories and, uh, some of my more poetical writings and things like that. And, and the, don't be frightened, children. Audience participation. <laughs> I know. But it does create a very different kind of atmosphere that is very filled with liveness, with breath, with electricity. And I think it's that kind of art, sort of um, the art that has a bit more of its roots in in clown, in vaudeville. You know, like, I think this is the stuff that can actually change people. A lot of... A lot of art pretends to, but uh, I feel like if you can do it without an audience, then why aren't you just putting it on film, you know? Or why aren't you just writing it in a short story or a novel? Unless you actually need people there to make the art go, then what are you doing? So I try to make sure that my show completely justifies the fact that I see you there in the audience and you are just as important as I am to this whole big thing that we're doing. Yeah, so Pearl Harbor will be performing on Saturday, June 8th at 10.30 p.m. at Oddfellows Temple for Agipop, the show. Make sure to be there to check out Pearl's signature blend of songs, storytelling, and socio-political tirades. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Pearl. Thank you for having me, dear John. <laughs>